Good evening, motherfuckers. Welcome back to Tusk. And first, uh, I'll address the elephant in the room. I am very, very sorry about this extended hiatus that Marquis and I have been on. We've both had some very busy, busy personal periods in our lives, and we've just had a bunch of other matters that we've had to settle. Uh, but we're back, and we're going to try to get back into an at least somewhat consistent schedule here, and hopefully we can continue to try to build this show back. Marquis, how are you doing tonight? Doing pretty good. Thanks for having me again, as always. Appreciate you being on here with me. And now that we've addressed the elephant in the room, we can address the fucking senile, worthless donkey in the room. As I'm sure y'all know, about two months ago, uh, Sniffy the Clown gave his second State of the Union address. And it was almost just as bad as the first one. He did some of what you would expect typical Sleepy Joe to do. Uh, a little bit of bumbling and misspeaking, the dead eyes. Uh, but he also said some blatantly not true things, as I'm sure you're also aware of, right, Marquis? Yes, uh, it kind of fades from memory, but uh, perhaps you'd like to remind us? So at one point... Uh, this kind of went viral. Some of the Democrats actually praised Biden for this, but he said that uh, he said that some Republicans want Social Security and Medicare to sun to sunset. And when he said that, a bunch of the Republicans, actually like all the Republicans in the Capitol building, started booing, and he immediately like backtracked and said, "Like I'm not saying it's a majority of you." And they said, "Go." Come check my desk if you don't believe me. And when he said that, honestly, I kind of started cheering. I was like, yes, please. I hope that people are trying to end Social Security and Medicare. Uh, to our dedicated viewers on here, y'all, most of y'all can probably put two and two together and y'all probably know what Marquis and I think about Social Security and Medicare, but uh, and Medicaid. But... It was a blatant lie, what he said. The Republicans in D.C. do not want Social Security and Medicaid sunset. Most of them, the vast majority of them don't. We wish that they would, but they don't, because that's just the Overton window that has shifted over the past century. People like Social Security for some fucking reason. That's about the size of it. Benefits, once conferred, are very difficult to take away. It's... Uh... Just welfareism at its core. People like freebies. And when you give something to someone, they're very unlikely to uh, countenance having it taken away. Especially the fact that people do pay into this system, even though there is no actual social security trust fund. That's kind of a fallacy related to it, that people think that that money is just set aside and the money you pay into it is going to be the money you get out from it. That's not actually true. Interestingly enough, the first person to receive Social Security paid into it once and then got a full pension for life, and she was able to live off it for several decades. 
that was the first person to take advantage of it. It's really a farce that you can pay into it, and then you can just expect that amount left over. That You can expect that payout. Now, there is no correlation between what you pay in and what you don't, because that money isn't there. It, that goes into general receipts of the federal government. That's just into a common pool. And out of that same common pool, that uh, revenue just comes into a tax time. That's the same kind that they just pull straight from the top of. It's non-discretionary spending. It's not allocated by Congress. So it's first pick of the revenue that is spent. But... That being said, it's not actually set aside. So this is a some, something that's really would be next to impossible to remove because it's not even appropriated annually. It just comes off the top. It's not even discretionary. Mm-hmm. So Republicans have conceded to uh, the politics of the time and have just given up completely any opposition social security especially because our voter base is uh, graying so to speak and uh, the grayer voters are definitely a fan of their social security checks the real answer for the lover of liberty i would say would be a uh, privatization of the system as a number of countries in south america have done quite well and Yes, it's been done before, and just letting the market take over and freeing the taxpayer and the state from this responsibility would be a big step in the right direction, but this would require quite the Overton window shift. It really would. Uh, Yeah, that is a pretty big fallacy about Social Security. Uh, Senior citizens who are receiving Social Security, they're not getting it from a retirement fund that they've uh, contributed to. They're being paid by your paycheck. Yeah, it's not a 401k. People should get 401ks. I'm currently on one. And it's it's very, very secure, and I'm very glad that I'm doing it. With that said, I wish I would stop having my fucking paycheck cut for Social Security so that I could put that into my 401k as well. You'd get a much higher return. Absolutely. Social Security is being paid by the younger generations. Because the government, as we see throughout all of human history ever, the government is fucking stupid with money. It is always horrible with it, 100% of the fucking time. So, that it's just an Overton window problem, and Republicans try to be more moderate, because that's just society going left and left and left, and wanting more government programs and of course republicans would not get elected if they were against social security or at least most of them wouldn't and this is why we are not republicans however on that note about uh the republicans and democrats uh back to the state of the union address uh Biden also said a number of other really, really stupid things, uh, such as calling Nancy Pelosi the greatest speaker of the House in House history. She wasn't even the best uh, speaker of the House in 2021, and she was the only speaker of the House in 2021. Uh, He also did a lot of virtue signaling, uh, trying to call out the far-right political extremists who attacked 
Paul Pelosi, even though Paul Pelosi's attacker was not right-wing at all, but he called it a political attack, uh, essentially to try to demonize Republicans and the right. I said, yeah, now do the one that attacked that, uh, that Republican congressman tried to assassinate him, correct? I believe that had happened about two months before, no, 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 four, four or five months before the fucking State of the Union address. Either way, just your typical stupid Biden bullshit. Not as bad as his first State of the Union, but it was pretty bad. Kevin McCarthy, you could see the entire time in the background, he was having none of it. Uh, the look on his face was priceless. I'm not a Kevin McCarthy fan, but he looked more presidential than Sniffy and Cackles. So, any more thoughts on that, Marquis? Yes, just as a quick side note on uh, things the government spends money on that really shouldn't. There are a number of publications that uh, track government waste. Like, uh, Citizens Against Government Waste publishes an annual pig book, a playoff pork spending, <laughs> for uh, shit the government spends money on but really shouldn't. And the latest one includes items such as uh, a quarter million dollars for rodeo drive improvements in the town of Chico Valley, Arizona. Population at 13,200. And... Over $110 million for 121 earmarked for community-oriented policing services. And let's see what else is here. Hundred million for counter drug programs for the uh, Coast Guard. Forty two million for the Starbase Youth Program. Interesting. Anybody twenty five that... million for three literal class combat ships. The okay. things that uh, don't really work and uh, are terribly corroded apparently. Of course. Anybody that wants to find out more about the stupid bullshit that the government loves to throw money at, uh, I recommend keeping up with Rand Paul. As many of you probably know, that's his primary focus in the Senate is to call out government bullshit spending. And he posts about it regularly on his social media, his Instagram, Twitter, yada, yada, yada. 50 million for combating underwater pests. 7 million for fish and fish screens. And fish passages. Interesting. And uh, speaking of Rand Paul, he found that uh, the government's actually spending several billion dollars to maintain 77,000 abandoned federal buildings. I saw that too. Imagine having 77,000 abandoned buildings. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, like I said, the government is horrible at spending money, and just giving it more, men more money to spend is not the fucking solution, and I wish people would wake the fuck up and see that, but they probably won't. It's fine. It's not, but we can pretend that it's fine for the sake of our sanity. 
anyways, on to our next topic, Ohio, East Palestine. Many people criticize Biden for not showing up to East Palestine. I don't know if he has yet. He, I'm sure he did at some point. But he didn't go to Ohio for a long-ass time. <coughs> and many people criticize for him for that. And uh, I wouldn't personally because I'm more on board with the whole idea that just having politicians show up at places after a disaster that doesn't really do any good it's just for a photo op however i am 100 percent on the side of the people who criticized him for going to ukraine when it obviously that's a much longer distance to get there and he could have just as easily spent a day or two in ohio And, like I said, I'm not terribly offended by him not going to Ohio. I am, however, bothered that he's still going to Ukraine and spending billions and billions of our dollars in Ukraine. Get the fuck out of Ukraine. Focus on here. You've ruined this place. Why don't you fucking fix it and stop trying to fix another European country in a war that has nothing to do with us? Meanwhile, and I'm not a Trump supporter, but props to Trump for what he did. He went to Ohio and spent his money buying the uh, relief workers, buying the McDonald's, and providing his support in every way that he could there with his own money, rather than spending our money in Ukraine. Your thoughts, Marquis? Indeed. uh, Some pundits got on Trump for... Or, uh, repealing some transportation uh, regulations during his administration. Uh, and that's really is one of the unsung victories that Trump administration was that he pledged on the campaign trail to repeal two regulations for every one he made. He actually significantly uh, uh, went beyond that and repealed far more than he made. I can't I don't have that statistic in front of me, but I digress. One of the rules he repealed was... Uh, Something to do with something called ECP brakes. These are electronically controlled pneumatic brakes, which uh, had to be on certain tr- certain trains that are carrying uh, certain sorts of chemicals. And uh, some uh, people, the journalists who are in bed with the state, who want to find a uh, f- want to find that everything is always the fault of people contracting voluntarily, associating voluntarily creating voluntarily, or doing anything in a way that is non-coerced by the state. They want to see that always the problem is business or the problem is just people. The problem is never the state. Little these people know that that rule would not have applied to the train that was carrying chemicals through East Palestine because it wasn't nearly big enough for that to kick in. There were no regulations that the Trump administration even repealed that would have prevented this. And those regulations already were causing extreme difficulties on the transportation sector in the first place. A lot of regulations were repealed, a lot of them for a very good reason. And the real story behind the uh, train system in the United States is that it's become a lot safer over time. Back in 1978, 
This country lost 36,786 train cars a year to derailment. In 2022, that was down to 3,037, which is a monumental decline. And the system is just getting safer all the time. There are, of course, some flaps, as there always will be. But the real story is a, a continual march of things getting better. Businesses becoming more efficient. And uh, no thanks to regulation. Amen. Even, yes, even the bills of these noxious chemicals are becoming less frequent. But uh, these are stories that are kind of being obscured by the absolute tragedy that did happen. And I'm, I'm pulling these numbers from the recent Cato Institute piece on this, uh, just for the record. Interesting. Thank you for bringing that up. Y'all pay close attention to that. That is something that when I heard it, I was quite shocked. I said, wow, like Trump actually could be blamed for this. But after learning more about it, it's easy to see people will just try to pin it, especially y'all know how it is with Trump in general. The people on the left, people that don't like him, they'll try to find a way to blame him for everything. Oh, what's this? Uh, derailment happened. Oh, Trump released, uh, Trump uh, cracked down on the regulations during his administration. Oh, it's got to be linked to him somehow. Well, no, it's bullshit. You got to actually look at what happened and how that connects to whatever regulations may or may not have been cut. As it just so happens, Trump had nothing to do with it. <coughs> Either way. Speaking of horrible, horrible tragedies, uh, the shooting in Nashville, Tennessee, horrible, horrible act of pure evil, but of course it had to be turned into a political message by both the left and the right, and quite frankly, it's sickening. Uh, after watching the police footage, though, um, those men that brought down the shooter they were heroes, and if only every other emergency could have been responded to like that, but that's a conversation for another time. Many people are starting to find connections between uh, these people. The shooter was transgender, identified as a man, was a woman. I call her a she because it's a she, and I don't give a fuck about respecting your pronouns if you kill children. I, I mean, I don't give a fuck about respecting pronouns either way. Yeah, go ahead, ban me YouTube, see if I give a fuck. Either way, some people, uh, I've seen different posts on it, they're starting to become more and more uh, on edge about transgender people. Is it warranted? I don't know. I'm not going to go into that, but some people are starting to worry that there's an increase of violent acts committed about these people, uh, particularly saying, and I quote, these people are mentally unstable and therefore they're going to do mentally unstable things. Marquis, do you think that there will possibly be a connection between people with gender dysphoria and acts of violence? Well, statistically, 
people who uh, have transgender surgery are uh, disproportionately likely to cause harm to themselves. So one could make the argument that it's the harm that they might cause themselves could be transmuted into others without that much effort. So that is definitely a concern going forward. Culturally, there has been a quite large shift in this country. That's not really something that's up for debate. Mm -hmm. Guns used to be something that was were a lot more uh, in public hands and uh, around people, especially younger people. Schools used to have art gun clubs, right. like uh, marksmanship clubs. Yep. They used to teach gun safety in schools. They used to ta- teach marksmanship in schools. They used to have policemen come in and do that. At uh, the, it used to be common practice for people to store like guns in like the principal's office and get them after school to go hunting or something. This used to be a American pastime. It used to just be something people did to just have a firearm in their pickup truck in a high school parking lot. But uh, now there's been a very clean divorce from uh, uh, guns and schools. Even in Arizona, you can't carry a uh, weapon onto school grounds. Uh, And Arizona is one of the uh, most free states in the union on these matters. And yet schools have become a lot more dangerous than they used to be. A few decades ago, there was no such thing as a school shooting. But now they uh, happen with a certain amount of regularity. Uh, so it's clearly not the weapons. Those have been a lot more integrated into our society than they are now uh, without this happening. The real problem is that uh, the content of society itself is changing. The tools have always been there. The tools have been here. Society is a lot different, though. So if you want to look at the cause of this, you need to look at things that might be difficult to measure. Things that might be related to, I would say, most importantly, the decline of religion in this country. The rise of perhaps things like this. The racialization of everything. It's And the collapse of civil society would probably be the big ones, I would say. Civil society and the church probably being the biggest ones. Definitely. I mean, the AR-15 was introduced in 1963. And school shootings, yeah, like, uh, from my understanding, they were a thing. I think maybe like one or two happened. But I I can't name them. I I, I don't know about them. Uh, I'm just not... I never feel comfortable saying that anything never, ever happened. But uh, really, before Columbine, this exactly. wasn't something that uh, it wasn't an issue. It happened, but then Columbine happened, April twentieth, nineteen ninety nine, and from my understanding, that was not too long after Bill Clinton signed the uh, Gun Free School Zones Act. So yeah, clearly, and they kept happening during the Bush assault ban. Mm-hmm. So clearly. That didn't do jack shit. Which expired during the Bush administration, is what I meant to say. Right. So, what's the problem? Personally, I think it's a cultural issue. I mean, when you think about it, 
We're in a society now where depression and anxiety and misanthropy, nihilism, those are pretty much the norm. I mean, I, you see the memes all the time, and I see those memes. I have those memes saved. They're funny. I laugh at them. But eventually, when you see enough of them, it becomes normal. Kids are fucking miserable. We hate each other. People are angry and sad all the time. And it's just the norm to be fucking miserable. And what People happens... People don't go outside and fucking touch grass. Do that. Seriously. As the meme goes. Just yeah, touch yeah. grass. Touch grass. Uh, honestly, politics aside, I- I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent here just for a second. It, I-, I would feel bad if I didn't say this. Guys, it does make a difference. Go outside. Go camping. Hang out with some friends on your porch. Have a fucking beer. Have a barbecue. Something. It does make a difference, and it does make life that much better. Anyway, uh, back to the not-so-fun stuff. Indeed, I uh, definitely agree that you're right about just touching grass and getting outside. There is something that is tragically wrong about this society. Nihilism is probably, like you said, the best way to put it. I always remember in my uh, high school newsletter from back, uh, it was over five years ago now, that someone wrote an article who put Frederick Nietzsche as the philosopher for Generation Z. And uh, that guy was proven very correct that the man behind the whole idea of nihilism has become the avatar for this rising generation. It's a generation that is divorced from what some authors have called the strong ties. Ties to religion, community, nation. These things have historically given people purpose in life. Things that have made people truly happy and fulfilled. And without those foundations, you can't expect to go through life and truly be satisfied. A life without God is going to be very empty when you get right down to it. Even Foucault said that uh, man is born with a God-shaped hole in his heart. Of course, he was an atheist, so he uh, found this to be a flaw in the human condition. But that was really his problem. He was a fucking pedophile anyway. Fuck that guy. (laughs) But I digress. Even a... blind squirrel stumbles upon a nut every now and then so he had that good point right there but absolutely i mean that's the problem when nietzsche is the guy that your generation is looking up to your generation is fucked and honestly i like studying nietzsche every once in a while just because he said some interesting things i would never want to live like that guy he was fucking miserable he died miserable and you made a very good point. Our, this current generation is current, and you see it everywhere. This is what our generation is basically trying to do, and they think it's a good idea for some reason, is completely abandon and strip away all values, all tradition, all morality, and you will be happy. Do not listen to that voice in the back of your head that says, hey, don't do this. 
sleep around with whoever the fuck you want, do whatever drugs, drink as much as you want. Uh, if you start to suffer consequences for it, try to eliminate those consequences no matter who you hurt. And listen, to all our viewers, I'm not saying you can't live the life that you want. What I'm saying is you do not have the right to hurt somebody else to negate the consequences of those actions. If you want to, of course, consensually and legally sleep around with a hundred people, go ahead and do it. If you get lucky and don't knock any of them up, good for you. Doesn't bother me. However, I'd like to have a civilization with standards. Yes, have standards. You can do what you want, but do not expect me to think that that's a good idea. And that leads me to my next point. No, you shouldn't be doing that at all. Well, you shouldn't be doing it, but you can. I'm not going to tell you that you can't. I'm going to tell you that I don't think it's a good idea, but you can do it. I'm certainly not going to push for it to be illegal. But what I'm we saying... We don't need to push for it to be illegal to have a civilization with standards. Because right now, that we're living in a zeitgeist where that is acceptable. And you're, we're not going to have a civilization if we keep allowing things to just fly and just go infinite regress of going down a moral black hole. No chance of resuscitating this civilization from. Well, what I'm saying... Yes. What my point is, is that our society, we should have those standards, and we shouldn't want to do those things. If somebody does, they can, but they should be the outlier. And that They should be the outcast. That's where I would have to disagree. I'm not going to outcast somebody who makes bad decisions for themselves, but I will not hesitate to say that I think that it's a bad idea. It shouldn't be illegal, but it shouldn't be the norm. I mean, after all, that was the case in you know, the 1960s. It wasn't illegal to sleep around with however many people you wanted, but it was... We had the social norms there that kept people from wanting to do it. And, of course, what this current generation is doing because is they're people saying... people become outcasts. Perhaps, but not from what I've heard. Just, just hearing people talk about their lives in the 60s, there were some people that did sleep around, and people might give them a few looks if they found out about it, but for the most part, people just didn't really want to. At that time, the nuclear family with the picket fence was the norm, and this generation is trying to completely strip that away because they view it as oppressive, but it's not. At that time, that's what people wanted. People say that women were oppressed and they were just kept down by the evil men. They weren't. That was the life that people wanted to live. People wanted that structure. People wanted that tradition. And it's just fucked for this new generation to think that that's something to want to run from and instead now we have drag queens walking through the streets doing lap dances on cops and teaching kids about their favorite places to be touched that is fucked that i will absolutely push to illegalize you don't fuck with kids that's where you draw the line with me indeed Social power, which is what we're talking about right now, the power of the crowd, right. is the, uh, it's really uh, without any teeth at all if you don't do something about it. So the best way to do that is to utilize the right of free association. 
where you can associate with someone or you cannot associate with someone based on one's own predilections, prejudices, or anything else you want to call it. So if someone is doing something that is antisocial and destructive to the wider social fabric, then this is a time to use one's right of free association and decline association with them. This was tr historically the function of the church. That's where excommunication comes from. And it was uh, very effective at keeping so society together throughout virtually the whole of the common era, the era since Christ walked the earth, up until now in the Western world, when uh, the, the church waned. So if the church isn't going to do it, by enforcing social power, then just people will have to by cutting off cancerous things and keeping them away from you. Utilize the right of free association. Do not associate with those who are antisocial. And that's just the short of it, the long and short. It doesn't have to be a very complicated thing. Right. I guess... Yeah, that's something that my view is sort of changing back and forth on. On one hand, I personally would not have a problem with somebody who is engaging in self-destructive behaviors to an extent. There comes a point where like, if I'm watching them overdose every other day, I would have to say, man, I just can't do this anymore. Uh, on the other hand, I mean... I know friends who have very bad habits, but they're still good people. They're good people to the others that they know. And that's just sort of a tough subject that I have to be on the fence about. I just don't know. But either way, I do think that traditional values are very important. And I think it's horrible to see this new generation saying, Hey, completely abandon all moral values and live your life dedicating it to making your genitals feel good and getting high as fuck all the time and just going out in the street butt-ass naked. Cut off your genitals, become whatever you want, and demand that society plays into your delusion. Live your life the way you want, but don't pretend that it's a good thing if you're destroying yourself from the inside out, and certainly don't try to make society bend to your will. There are two competing spirits of the age, really, when you get right down to it. Both of them are uh, different. Both of them are destructive. Goethe outlined both of them. Faust and Mephistopheles. The people who have embraced the things of this world, who love money, or they love money, the root of all evil. They love materialism. They love what can do for them. The people like Andrew Tate and the people who go after all that and worship the Sigma grind set, whatever, whatever, whatever. Those people are Faust. They're forever reaching, forever grasping, 
trying to get hold of things that man either cannot get a hold of or should not get a hold of. People who would not be satisfied with anything. People for whom it is never enough. People for whom luxury, a luxury which would astound the Bourbon monarchs, is not enough. The people for which everything, for which the world is never enough, are in contrast to something else. This other thing is quite evil. In fact, I would venture to say it might be more evil. The spirit of Mephistopheles, right. the demon Faust. So, this, these are the people who have been infected by a hatred for all that is. In fact, that was the most famous quote from Mephistopheles. Everything that is deserves to die. The dis the urge to destroy everything that our forefathers have created. It is a hatred of Western civilization. For this is a peculiar Western disease. The West is the only civilization that has bred people a whole generation, not even a generation, whole cadre reproducing itself generation after generation, specifically dedicated to the destruction of everything our forefathers have created. This has never been done before. The ancient Egyptians never did this, nor did the Chinese, nor did Westerners 500 years ago, nor did anything else. This is a peculiar Western disease, and we see it playing across all stratums of our society, especially though it's concentrated among the people who have been most richly blessed by the Western society. I'm talking about the people who are most insulated from the norms of the world, even the cushy world as us Westerners know it. College students, professors, bureaucrats, all these Hollywood influencers and all of them, the people who are furthest from the drudgery of society and the, dre the drudgery of that which is outside the West have taken on this self-hatred, a self-hatred of the achievements that separate them from the rest of the world. We're talking about the ideas that gave people just the thought that why don't we try to build an internal combustion engine? Why don't we try to create joint stock companies? Why don't we try to invent double-entry bookkeeping or something like that? That drive to try to invent things is uniquely Western. The drive to build things on a scale that we have done is uniquely Western. The drive to explore everything is uniquely Western. The drive to subdue everything is uniquely Western. All of these things are why the West won the world. And we're hated for our virtues by the people who were raised up the highest in the West. I know of no other word for this except Mephistophelian. They have taken on the spirit of the most perfidious demon ever created in the Western canon. These two spirits essentially dominate this generation. God help us. That is very true. And I think that's partially because of... Uh... 
well, like you said, the this current generation or last two or three generations being brought up in the most privileged place in the world, in the most privileged time period that has existed since the dawn of man, they don't know how truly horrible it is or how tough it is by comparison without this upbringing that they've been blessed with. And so they just take it for granted. And now, since they've been given more and more, they have a bigger, more insatiable appetite for fuck this shit. I want to do whatever the fuck I want. Fuck all traditions. Fuck any moral values. Fuck anything. Any moral principles that could keep me from just doing anything I want. Anything at all. If I want to sleep around with this person, that person, that person, and now it's getting even worse to the point where people are wanting to teach kids, quote-unquote, teach in the most strained quotation marks possible. And the reason we don't see this in the Eastern world is because the Eastern world has a very different culture. I actually did some research on this a while back, the difference between the Western and the Eastern world. The Eastern world emphasizes more on hierarchy, uh, elders, respect towards the, uh, well, elders, exactly. And so they put a lot of emphasis on tradition and uh, classic values. Listen to the people who have lived longer than you, to the people that know more than you. In the Western world, we don't have that. It's more more of a meritocracy, which, for better or worse, meritocracy is, in my opinion, the best way to do things 90% of the time. However, that's starting to wane a bit through the two, three centuries uh, particularly from the American Revolution, we had a very, very strong emphasis on meritocracy. That's why we were so capitalist. That's why the United States began to dominate the world in the mid to the late 19th century. And now, since we have been reaping the rewards of that for so long, and we are raising generations spoiled by that, well... Can't really stop repeating myself. They're spoiled as shit. And now they are going to essentially destroy themselves with their gluttony, with their lust, with their pride. Eventually it's going to lead to the downfall. Uh, the United States will fall, eventually. It, every empire, every nation, every... Well, every society in general. And that includes the huge world superpowers, the Roman Empire. It's going to happen with the United States. The only question is when. And I think it'll happen from something like this. Indeed. The West is the one civilization that, because of the virtues that I outlined earlier, could not be destroyed from without. The only thing that could destroy Western civilization is either a civil war within 
or a uh, flat-out suicide. There's been a uh, fascination in the Western mind with suicide from the very beginning. And what do I mean that? I mean that there's been a, a fascination with the idea that our civilization is too strong to be destroyed from the outside. It would have to be pulled apart by an act of sabotage or the uh, lazy withdrawal from within. That this is a very old idea. It's It was Edward Gibbon's idea that that was the reason behind the decline and fall of the Roman Empire. And still uh, very much with us today. I would say that if Western civilization is going to die, it probably won't be with a bang, but with a a whimper. A slow resignation, a slow surrender from within, a descent into a hedonistic ennui, a withdrawal. Yeah, unfortunately. Do you think we could be living in the last couple generations of the Western world? The Western world we know it. Conceivably, yeah. Very little is predetermined. I would say the only thing that's predetermined is uh, that in the very end, Christ wins. But until then, history will take the course it takes. Well... According to the Bible, it's only going to get worse until he comes back. Just gotta hope that, uh, just gotta hope that it getting worse doesn't start for another couple hundred years. Maybe things will get better and then it will get worse. But I don't know. Well, last gotta... century was pretty bad. I'm not sure how it could get a lot worse than that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, watch me eat those words yeah I mean there was the civil war then there was the industrial era so things got pretty good there but then there was 9-11 I mean things got pretty bad around Vietnam War but then uh, 9-11 happened and that's where politics became a real shit show and then there was Harambe and that was the <laughs> the whole internet collectively agrees things were at least somewhat normal, and then Harambe died. But well, who knows what the fuck will happen next? Tusk twenty twenty four. Tusk Marquis twenty twenty four, and uh, maybe. And no, by the way, people, Tusk is not my real name. It, I got that idea from a name that I gave one of my guns that I got to go hog hunting. But, uh, yeah, I, na- I named it Tusk because I was taking it hog hunting. And uh, Anyway, I think that's going to wrap us up for tonight. Uh, we winged this for the most part, but I think it came out all right but that's ultimately up for y'all to decide uh if y'all have any feedback for us email me at oldmantusk at gmail.com i'll leave my email in the description you can also find it on my youtube page uh it's just tusk or diamondback tusk 
And that's Tusk the Podcast, not the movie, asshole. Very, very different. Anyways, you have any uh, any closing words, Marquis? No, I believe we hit a good number of points. That works for I me. I think it was a good skill. I think it was too. Well, y'all already know. Leave your comments, email for suggestions or questions or uh, feedback to tell us that the show was phenomenal or that it sucked ass. Either way, I'll get around to reading it at some point. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We will see you all soon enough. Thank you. Good night. And God bless America.